Good day ladies and gentlemen, this is Stefan from Better Brain and today's episode is a really special one to me. I actually was interviewed by one of my good buddies and colleague of mine, Dr. Shan Rai, all the way from Singapore and if you enjoy listening to alternative ways to keep healthy, this episode is perfect for health professionals and chiropractors as well as patients. So I really hope you enjoy it. And please don't forget that Wednesday, 13th of May at 7pm UK time, we have our first live workshop. I'll be discussing my secret strategies on how to boost your health the natural way without spending your money in gym memberships and supplements and God knows what else. I think you guys will find it really helpful. If you want to join us, please follow the link in the show notes and I cannot wait to see you there at seven o'clock this Wednesday, the 13th of May. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll speak soon. Welcome to Better Brain, your number one health podcast on brain and body hacks for busy professionals. Better Brain. Here is your host, Stefan Gospodinov, a health entrepreneur, a doctor of chiropractic, a published author, but also someone who's extremely passionate about helping you elevate your health to the next level. Hi, good evening, everybody. This is Dr. Sean from Vitality Chiropractic. Welcome back to our interview series where I'll be talking with other health professionals, going through more about their stories, how they got started, and of course, the people that they help. Today's guest is someone a bit special to myself. This is my friend, Dr. Stefan. Dr. Stefan, I together and we used to actually work together as chiropractors in the UK. Uh, Stefan and I, when we were studying together, of course, we were living in the same kind of area as well. And since then, of course, he has now uh, helped to open a large practice in Essex and there's multiple chiropractors working in there. And very excitedly, he's also about to publish his first book. Stefan employs a holistic view and has underdone, undergone further research into nutrition as well. So Stefan, how are things going over in England? Hi, Shan. First of all, buddy, I just really want to say a massive thank you for having me here because if this is how we'll speak in the future, then let's be it. But uh, you asked me earlier, how much time do we have and if I can speak for longer than half an hour. So I hope your listeners are ready because we've got a lot to cover today and I like to freestyle things. I don't want to practice too much with questions and preparation of layout, but things are going really well. Yeah. We are oh, trying to be productive and not too busy. We're trying to look after ourselves. Obviously, I'm in the UK, so um, things are slightly different compared to Singapore, but same principle. We're in the same situation, and I actually look at this as an opportunity to get my health sorted and stay that way rather than the panic we've had over the last few weeks and few months. Um, but otherwise, things are awesome. Thank you oh, for having me. No, no, absolutely. It's, it, people always talk about there being an opportunity in crisis, and it's not always when it's you know trying to buy stocks or shares, but it is also as well taking advantage of you know bettering your own health and bettering yourself as well. So no, thank you for joining me. Um, just for anybody who's of course in Singapore who may not completely know what's going on, can you just give us kind of like a, a brief summary of what the situation is in the UK at the moment? Whether say you guys are going to be able to open soon, or you know how people are dealing with things in general. Yeah, it's been um, it's been an interesting development actually. So. Um, We've been on lockdown since like 21st of March, I believe, officially. And there was a lot of uh, uncertainty prior to that. Then I think for two, three weeks after we kind of uh, felt sorry for ourselves and we were trying to adapt to how to uh, live in this new way. And now I'm finally starting to see people becoming a little bit less um, reactive 
because there was such a big panic. So people are starting to think about what's going to happen to my business, what's going to happen to my health, what's going to happen to my kids that are not going to school. And this is the biggest, I think, message from what I learned over the last few weeks, up to maybe a couple of months now. I think it's so much better to make a decision when you are spending the time to reflect on what the situation is rather than rushing and panicking. Because as you know, when your brain goes into this fight or flight response, we make rubbish decisions. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, yeah, we're expected. um, There isn't really a date to the minute. We have another update in two weeks time. So we have at least two weeks so we can uh, still be on lockdown. And then I assume, but this is just my view, slowly we'll start to go back to some level of normality with all the precautionary measures taking place um, at the same time. That's interesting you mentioned about that. Yeah, no, it's very strange times. Um, It's interesting you mentioned I was on a a live webinar webinar today with Heidi Havik, and she was talking about the same thing about how we have this stress response. And of course, I mean, as we we talked about and we've studied for a long time, how that then starts to change the blood chemistry, it starts to affect the way your brain is working, your prefrontal cortex, and we make these stupid decisions. (laughs) So it's something that's happening, not just, I think everyone's buying toilet paper, no matter which country you're in at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes uh, just knowing a few techniques that I'm happy to share with you later, how to just calm down what we call the the Labrador brain or your primal survival mechanism uh, can really help people just to chill, to relax and to have a little bit of a clearer vision and head. We know it's not going to be the end of the world. It's really, really sad and scary what's happening, but you can react to it really quickly or you can just learn from it and hopefully um, adapt to become better, to better your health, to look after yourself in a better way, your family, your friends, your business, whatever it is that is important to you. So if we go back from the beginning, what led to you getting into healthcare and deciding to become a chiropractor? Ah, this is uh, the question that every chiropractor has a special answer. <laughs> Mine actually isn't very special. I, I, when I came to the UK, I was 15. I literally didn't speak a word of English, but I was very active and I was part of a, a few sports teams and one of the teams did really, really well. We, we kind of ended up winning the national championships in basketball. Two days before the semifinals, I managed to pick up a horrendous injury and I busted one of my discs on the lower back. Um, in Bulgaria, when that happens, you go and have surgery. In the UK, what happened was I went to a GP and they said, try these painkillers. And again, six days later, I missed semifinals. It didn't work. But one of the GPs had really good connection with this chiropractor. And back then, I couldn't even pronounce chiropractic. And this is, this is a true story. Um, and yeah, I went to see um, a gentleman called Peter Dixon. He was actually, he had practice in where we lived. Within six weeks, I was actually jogging again, like getting back into routine. And at the same time, one of my best buddy's brothers was studying in this college in Bournemouth. So I went there and I saw these skeletons in his room, uh, fake skeletons, by the way, and all these anatomy books. And that just made sense to me. Like if I'm playing sports and this guy didn't fix me, but he put my body in a way that I was running again and like playing competitively. And we actually won the national championships the year after. Then that was, I was sold day one. And, um, it gives me a massive advantage, I think, because I can see what things are like from the patient's perspective. Because I've been there. I've had the pain. I've had the discomfort. I've had the sciatica. I've had the bulging disc. Uh, you name it. I've probably had more than some patients. And yes, now it's just become a massive lifestyle for me. 
So I love the principle of um, applying what you preach to your own health and to your well-being. For sure. I've known you for 12 years. I never knew it was Peter Dixon you went to. I never knew it was yeah. him. I That's never, right. Okay. It, was, it was actually one of his associates at the time called, I think her name was Veronica. Um, but that was, that was like 17 years ago now. So I didn't understand what they were saying to me. I just knew that I felt better after each session. And I was quite scared because obviously in Bulgaria, we don't even have the profession recognized as a profession. And here I am like a 15, 16 year old kid, not speaking in English. My whole faith was just with this guy in his hands. And like I said, I just wanted to be that guy. So for the people who've maybe never been to a chiropractor before, how would you describe chiropractic to them? Good question, Shan. Um, listen, I've, since I've actually opened the business now, I have to make a little disclaimer. I don't practice as much as I used to. Now it's more about operations and, and training people and, and running the business. But it's probably one of my favorite parts of the profession still is dealing with people. And we know for a fact that I'm not just saying it. It's probably one of the best professions out there because think about this. Back in college, back in university, it was, uh, what is it, like a five-year degree. We went from learning about the mind, like we were doing psychology and cognitive behavioral therapy techniques, to biology, anatomy, microanatomy, physiology, exercise, nutrition. We were talking about nutrition when uh, doctors weren't even taught that in the UK. I don't know how it is in Singapore. Uh, so for me, it's probably the most effective and natural system to look at your body as a whole so the patient can come and say, look, Stefan, I have these headaches. I don't just give them a quick magic pill to, to work on the symptom. It's an amazing system to look at your body as a whole and try to just try to make it that little bit better in terms of function every time the patient comes in. Okay, I know you've got a lot more. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I completely agree. Again, it's a, it's a holistic view rather than, like you said, this allopathic thing of here's some pills and I'll see you in six months when you get the pain back again. Yeah, massively. Well, this is the thing. So I, I, I try to stay away from chiropractic politics. I love the profession and I respect it so much. But the biggest problem is that this comparison and it, it is human nature. We compare ourselves to other professions but medicine was never, ever, ever designed for wellness or for prevention. Medicine is amazing at what it does, saving lives, infectious disease, um, emergency care. You know, they saved my life on two different occasions. So I'm always grateful for doctors and for medicine when it's needed. But people need to know there is something else on top of that as well. There is more to health than just waiting for crisis to happen. You mentioned about the, the health issues going on there. So I know that's one of the things, especially in the more recent years, which has changed your mindset. And that's one of the reasons why you've led to doing these extra studies and of course, writing the book. Do you mind telling us a bit more about the, the more recent scare? How long do you have? <laughs> all night. <laughs> Good stuff. So I'll try not to bore your listeners too much, but one thing I want the listeners to take from this is um, don't do what I did. And what I did was um, I was playing sports. I thought I was healthy. I was eating loads and loads and loads of protein and going to the gym all the time. And I was like this. So I felt okay and I looked okay. And to me, that was health. If I, if I was to picture someone who was healthy, that's what I thought I was uh, in my mid-20s. And then one day during um, a long 
work shift, my better half, Abby, she, we worked together at the time. She said, look, you need to go to hospital because I actually started to uh, pee out blood. So I went to A&E straight away. This is why I think it's amazing that we have these services. And they thought I had a kidney stone, so they took a scan. They said, actually, you're fine. It's just a urinary tract infection. Here are some antibiotics. Next day, Shan, I know I've shared this story with you before, but I have a call from one of the leading consultants from the hospital. And in the UK, it's slightly different. In the UK, if the NHS, which is your national health service, if they call you, you know it's not a good thing. Um, so anyways, cut long story short, after so many tests and so many things that they did, luckily one of the, one of the practitioners took the scan a little bit higher than my kidneys and they found this shadow, which was about this big. So it was five by 10 centimeters. And it led me to kind of loads of tests and different, um, different uh, procedures I had done. But eventually it was a massive, massive surgery that I just remember one thing. And that was the consultant saying that there's 17% chance of not waking up because it's, a, it's, it's called thoracotomy. So that's when they open up your ribs and so on. But listen, I made it like amazing team, a lot of support from family and friends. I had to, I literally went backwards, Sean. I had to learn how to breathe again. And I remember having this tube and I was blowing into it for my lungs to work. But this is where I found out that the human body is insanely good at adapting. If you have the right ingredients and if you have the right environment, which is why I think chiropractic is an amazing, amazing tool to provide that. But I did have a few missing links in my, in my life. And that's where I came up with this whole better brain system, um, looking at alternative ways to utilize your body to feel good before something goes wrong. So that's one of the messages I want to share with your listeners today is please don't wait until it's too late. It's so much better to actually practice with healthy kids than to try and fix broken adults. Absolutely. You mentioned as well about better brain. Tell me a bit more about what the focus is there again. I, I mean, I, I of course have an understanding because I know you, I know there's some elements of nutrition and mindset of, of exercise as well. Can you give people more of an idea of what's, what's to expect? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So obviously me being on bed and not being able to breathe and having loads of recovery time started a massive journey to learn about nutrition, learn about quality of sleep, how that can massively affect your joints, your muscles, your other systems in the body. Um, looking at best ways to exercise and physical activity and movement and mindset and social connections. So I just molded everything that works because one thing was missing for me was if I had one problem, I'll go to a specialist. If I wanted to speak to a nutritionist, they'll tell me about the diet. I just wanted to put all of the best things together in a five by five formula, but it's all about the mindset. And this is the biggest struggle we still have is for people to understand what's their reason behind getting healthy or staying healthy, because it's not sexy. We know that we should eat well. We know we should exercise, but if these are the two principles that we know we should do, why is it that something like 60% of the world population is overweight, especially in the developed countries? And you know all these statistics, so I'm not going to bore people with them. So this is where I was like, sweet, I need to develop a system to solve the problem of the psychology of health. If I can work with people on understanding why they want to lose the weight, why they want to have less back pain, then the motive behind it is completely different compared to just saying, let's lose 10 kilograms or 
let's work on your knee strength. Because we're humans, we just go back to the same old wiring, right? Six months down the line, back to the same old habits. So that's the better brain system. It's actually discovering. I have these five steps. Discover. I want to make things educational for people. I want to make them personal because you are different than me. Your patients are different from each other. Uh, I have something that I call the double A. So that's action, taking massive action. If you're a patient and you've got back pain and you're just thinking, it's going to go away, it's going to go away. Chances are it might do, but there's probably a reason behind it in the first place. So don't wait until, don't do what Stefan did and wait until it's too late. Uh, and M stands for maintenance. So I've got loads of these kind of cool little systems that I try to put together. Um, yeah. You said you've got time, right? <laughs> oh yeah, loads of that. Uh, when is the book coming out? So I've been working on this for months now and I've been procrastinating it because it's quite scary releasing your first book, but I, we're planning a launch in two weeks time. Okay, wow. And I gave it a really cheesy title. I called it live stronger for longer. And it's all about the better brain method and explain to people um, what are the things you should eat? What are the things you should avoid eating? How to move effectively so your body can stay properly engaged with your lymphatic system and so on. But even things like stress reduction, we know how stress is a massive factor in people's um, health problems, how to improve your quality of sleep. And the last point I talk about is how, you've heard of the blue zones? No, no. no, the blue zones are areas in the world where I think there are six or seven where they have the most number of people as percentage who live to a hundred. Oh, it's like, um, like Ikigai kind of idea, like where you have the healthy, these, these, these pockets of people. Uh, that's sorry, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I know and the, pl the, the places are completely randomly spaced. Uh, one of them might be in Japan. Another one might be in like California. There's another one in a small village in Italy. So they looked at the way they ate, the way they exercised. They looked at the way they, uh, they just look after their, their, their mental well-being. And there wasn't that much of a clear correlation, which surprised me because you've got all these new diets and new exercise plans. So when I started studying these guys four or five years ago, one thing was really important, making a difference to people's health was social connections. How cool is that, right? So if you have, if you feel like you're belonging or you have friends and good family that support you. That's one of the biggest predictors for living healthy for longer. And yeah, I definitely mentioned that in the book as well. So yeah, I'm really, really excited. And uh, yeah, it's just to kind of share the message out there. It's nothing new. It's just a completely different um, change of belief system rather than giving people more and more information about what to do. I hope that answers the question. Absolutely. And I, I completely understand where you're coming from about the, the social side of it. At the moment here, of course, we have social isolation and social distancing going on. And for some people, whether they're living with the, you know, their families, their partners, or even if they're living on their own, it's making it mentally difficult. And recently, the government, even though they've closed down initially all psychologists, chiropractors, physiotherapists, everybody, recently they've said that for one day a week, psychologists can open because people need support. So it, it makes That's perfect amazing. sense that much of a, a change. It's amazing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Later on, we can talk about how, how people can kind of keep their sanity healthy because I think that's really important for now. But uh, yeah, that's, that's really, really interesting because there's this huge, that's actually what I call a better brain. The connection between your mind and your body and the mindset of health cannot be just physically isolated from 
uh, your body. You know, we, we know now there's so many papers saying how your psychology plays a massive part in your overall health. Even me going to your clinic, Shan, knowing that you're uh, a qualified doctor who knows their stuff, who's really well read, who's professional and knows what they're doing, probably helps me already, even before you've started the process of getting me better. And I think that's the cool thing about the power of the mind. Absolutely. So in terms of, say, for this uh, better brain system, who do you think are the best people for it? Who do you think is the, the ones who should be paying most attention so that they can get out there and then they can, of course, put this into action? Yeah, yeah for sure. Good question. It actually took me a lot of trial and error to figure out what are the people that can benefit from that. And I can easily say everyone will benefit. But my interest is, I love, I love this concept of... Um, of leverage and I love this concept of not reinventing the wheel and I'll explain what I mean by that so basically I thought to myself who are the people that are really trying to change the world hopefully for better who, who are the people who have the biggest impact on our economy on our health system on our hopefully planet to become a better place and they're the entrepreneurs but what's the problem with entrepreneurs the number one problem with entrepreneurs is they don't have time to get healthier so that's one of the biggest challenges. So hence, I had to make, I call them health hacks. So my whole system is based on how to hack your health in a practical way naturally. So people like busy entrepreneurs can still have the time to chase their dreams and change the world, but actually being healthier. Because I have this, I have this theory. I'm not sure if I'm right. I hope I'm right. I'm like a, a secretly a, a a realistic optimist, but I have this idea that people always have the best intention. There is no good people or bad people. I think people always have the best intention. We just need to make sure that your body and your biology works properly. So everything is aligned with your vision. Uh, because I've seen many, many business owners and entrepreneurs who are otherwise successful. They have one, two businesses. They have the nice cars, the beautiful houses with the swimming pools. And then they realize I hit my 35, 40, 50 years of age and everything starts to decline because I've got diabetes, I've got other health chronic problems and they don't care about their business. They've lost their marriage. They've, got, um, they've lost their relationship with their kids just because they were so busy in, in starting that, that dream of theirs. So I'm just here to balance things out a little bit. Okay, and I think as well as for entrepreneurs, I know especially like work culture here, that could be massively helpful to people. It's very, very normal if you're working, say, in like an accounting firm or a law firm, as an example, that you could work to 11 p.m., you know, a few nights every week all the time. That's a normal thing, especially again for yourself even. You know, people in London, they work horrible hours and then spend an hour and a half on the train getting home. It, yeah, makes things a lot, lot easier for people. Yeah, yeah massively. I have, this, um, I have this health hack to... Um, I call it my morning health hack and um, I do it every morning and that sets me up for choosing the most productive things I need to do on my priority list rather than just being for this busy for the sake of being busy. There is okay, an amazing well, book. Uh, I'll, I'll share that in a minute. Okay, sure. um, have you, you've read the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss? Yeah. Yeah. If you guys haven't read it, you have to read that book. It's, it's incredible, but he talks about, being effective versus being efficient. And in my eyes, people should aim to be a lot more effective rather than just being busy or efficient because effectiveness means that there is a goal to what you do. 
And my goal every morning is I wake up and I've got, it's only 30 minute hack. And I have it on my, I have it on my phone. I don't know if you guys can see, but um, the first thing I do is one to 10 minutes of meditation. And I know for some people, one minute is like nothing, but it sets your intention. Meditation doesn't have to mean you're standing on the top of a mountain for three hours, completely spaced out. No, it can actually mean just being mindful of where you are, your breath. I know there's many different types of meditation, but I do that one to 10 minutes. The second thing I do is I spend five to 10 minutes reading something inspirational because it's proven how your brain goes to work once you start to have these creative ideas behind it. Uh, and the third thing I do, and I think this is the, the game changer for me, is I spend five to 10 minutes planning my day. And I write down two essential things that I want to achieve that day, wherever happens. And usually, Shan, they are the things that I don't want to do. Okay, so, what would, so, tell, so tell us all, what are the things you don't want to do then? <laughs> So today, for example, I'm, I'm preparing, we can talk about this in a minute, but I'm, I'm launching um, my first workshop next week. And for the workshop, I have to make these videos. And although you see my face everywhere on social media, I actually don't like making videos. I woke up this morning, I was reading a book, then I was planning my day. And I just, the number one thing I have to do is make those videos. Even though I can think of 200 things that are more enjoyable to do, I knew that if I do that, I can then build the program, build a workshop so people can register and I can hopefully bring some value. Just one example from today. So tell me more about the workshop then. Is that something you want to do in person or is it going to, I mean, of course now it's difficult to do in person, but is it something you ultimately want to do in person or online? How do you want to format it? Hopefully both, but this one we have coming up next Wednesday is, or oh, this feels a bit cheeky, like I'm advertising my workshop already. Um, but I think people will find it helpful because the, the workshop is about how to boost your health naturally in 2020. So I think this year is going to be a lot more about how do I keep my health rather than one, what do I do once I lose it? And if people can take one thing from today's episode, and again, Sean, thank you for um, getting me here, is please look after yourself when you actually feel good, when you actually have the energy to, to perform everything you want to perform. Um, because being proactive with your health is probably the best investment. So this is what the workshop will be all about. I'll be sharing some three secrets with people, what I found works and what I found it doesn't work when it comes to boosting your health and boosting your immunity. And it's going to be a, a webinar format. So um, I'm not going to charge people because it's stuff I talk about all the time. I just want to reach more people. Um, so that will be, we've scheduled it for 7 p.m. UK time next Wednesday. So apart in from fact, Shan, making, if you're free, please jump on there. Yeah, I'm in. Um, apart from making videos, because I make videos as well, I know sometimes it can be a bit of a difficult thing to get started. What other challenges have you had, especially when it comes to making the program and writing the book? Um, really good question. Number one is having clarity. So I spend hours and hours and hours writing stuff only to find out that um, it wasn't truly aligned with my belief system. So actually the number one challenge was to write down like a massive piece of paper and put a blank canvas on my personality, drop the ego and say, I don't really care about what I look like. I don't really care about my background. I just want things to be authentic and real because then your message becomes so much more clear. 
And then when you work backwards, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this. He calls it reverse engineering. So if I know that my aim is to get busy people to still achieve their dreams without giving up their time, and I can create a system to help them perform better, have more energy, have clear focus, be more productive, that is, that is the end goal. It doesn't really matter about anything else. So I just reverse it backwards and that's kind of what I, what I work with. And that was a big struggle for me is to actually get a bit of clarity about why am I here? What is it I'm actually trying to achieve? Because I've had so many things that I've done right in life. Like you said, I've got a successful business. I've got an amazing fiance. We love to travel. We get loads of time off. I have freedom of time, but also I've done a lot of things wrong. And they're the kind of things that I want people to hear about. And I actually share my personal stories with people. One of them was, for example, Shan, you'll find this interesting. I don't know if you found the same way with your uh, clinic, but once I actually recovered from my health challenge and then I thought life was amazing again, how many of you guys have been in that situation where you think things are awesome, life is good, and then boom, something happens? And that's like a typical thing that life is. And what happened was I actually opened my franchise business and I realized that every single thing that I was teaching patients to do, it went out of the window for me personally. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't sleeping well because I was worried about business and did this get done? Did this email get sent? Um, I wasn't having time to go and exercise. And again, the number one thing because of that was lack of time. So that's where another inspiration for the better brain system is no excuses. If I find a way to hack your health and save you time, it saves like a massive pain point for people. So yeah, that was one of my biggest struggles is finding the time to stay healthy, even though I was telling clients, this is what you should be doing. I understand. I mean, especially, I mean, this year I've been much better than last year. I mean, I cancelled my membership at the gym in 2018. Luckily, where I live, there's a gym downstairs. It's a bit simple. But otherwise, yeah, it's been maybe once or twice a week getting some exercise, eating healthy when you can. But sometimes you just, it's almost like you have so much driving you that it's hard to then find time to do the things that would actually make that drive work better, which is kind of paradoxical in a sense. But yeah, it's something we're all guilty of. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And... For me, that was like just a massive epiphany point. Um, woke up one morning and I was like, do you know what? When I lose my health, nothing works. Like I wasn't getting enough sleep. So I was waking up grumpy. It affects the relationship. It affects my relationship with my colleagues and my team. It affects the relationship with my clients. So it just had to be a completely mental switch. I was like, enough is enough. I think Tony Robbins says it. If, if your pain is higher, only then change can happen. So your pain has to be high enough for you to actually do something different. And that's what I did. I was like, screw this. I've got to change this. And I again started concentrating my health and guess what? Everything else started to fall in place after. And now I probably feel the best I've had for a long time and the business is doing well and everyone is happy and even launching a second project. So yeah, I think for me, the, the biggest realization from health challenges and opening the business was health comes first, period simple okay so i know of course you when we were working before you had a busier patient list and you speak publicly as well um do you think that this is one of the biggest parts of your success or do you think there's other aspects that have attributed to your success as well as kind of taking care of your own health oh man it's a really really good question shan uh listen i i i know everybody's different i'm not saying that i'm doing 
things right. They feel right for me. But the ultimate goal is happiness. So, and I've had this discussion many times with people, even with family and friends and loved ones. I, my biggest strength is also my biggest weakness. And that is I'm relentless. Like I get obsessed with um, things that make me happy. And if creating different things, creating a book, creating a webinar, creating a workshop, um, entering a very long challenge of running or you know, anything, anything to do with challenge, I love that. And I think the reason behind it, and I've had to develop a lot of painful points to myself to self-reflect, but I think it just boils down from where I come from and my background. I think a lot of the things I do are based on fear. When I was young, we had nothing. Like mom and dad, they'll be the first ones to, to tell you this, but we had no money. We had like nothing to pay the bills, no like good food in Bulgaria. So I always have this comparison point between what life was like and what life is now. And I'm really content with what I have and I'm really happy. But definitely my, my, my success comes from just being relentless and trying to never to be like that again. And one day for my family and, and loved ones not to experience what we had to go through. I'm not sure if that's a healthy thing or not, but it's how I work. I mean, to be honest, you sound like, you know, the Bulgarian Gary Vaynerchuk at this point, because he's got a very similar thing coming from Russia and again, being that relentless character as well, which again, it seems to be working pretty well for him. So <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing overall. Yeah, yeah. There's this actually, it's really funny you should say that. Uh, when you study this kind of um, foreign culture, emigrating to a different country, a lot of similar traits appear and it's simple it's not easy but it's simple it's human psychology your brain just wants to get away from the pain or go towards the pleasure and for me getting away from the pain has always been a bigger driver than going away or going towards pleasure chasing the shiny car or the big house or the swimming pool you know um the trouble is what happens in the second generation of entrepreneurs and people who've emigrated is their kids can be somewhat spoiled. So I'm very conscious of that one day. It's how to pass on those uh, positive traits and avoid any negative traits to, uh, to my family one day. Uh, just don't feed your kids. I think that's the easiest way. Just <laughs> only if they achieve things. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> Unless they've done something today. That's, no, that's a, the whole new, a whole new podcast we have to do. <laughs> so um, for yourself then, what are some goals that you have for your moment? Sorry, I have at the moment, either for, you know, of course, the project itself or the book or even for the practices that you're running. Yeah, sure. Um, so practices wise, I think we, we, the way the business is set up and the way the structure works is we're always progressing. Um, just before the lockdown, I managed to open up like a rehab center as part of the, the, the clinic. And what I wanted to do is to have a multidisciplinary practice where we can add the, the sports massage therapy, the, the acupuncture, dry needling, but also rehabilitative exercises for clients that once they achieved their health results, they wanted to sustain it. Uh, for the clinic, that was my number one goal. We'll definitely revisit that when we get back to normality. And personally, and kind of my second project, which is actually one of my biggest passions, is the Better Brain System. Um, I have this urge to make health go viral. And I try to say that in all these appearances that I make. Because things that go viral at the minute seem to be cat videos and different memes on Instagram and Facebook. 
But I think the number one thing should go viral is health. And everything I do is trying to encourage people to change their belief system, change their mindset about what health truly means to them, not necessarily to me or to you, and work it out themselves. That's my biggest, uh, biggest passion. And I'm going to do anything possible for the next few years to, to take it to a whole new level. Um, like you said, my Bulgarian Vaynerchuk personality will come out even more probably. <laughs> That's going to be the meme. That, that will be it forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think to us now is the perfect time as well, because again, not just in England or Singapore, but everywhere, people are now seeing that the allopathic system that we had, again, like we we both agree, it's extremely, extremely good in some cases. If I get hit by a car, don't take me to one of my chiropractor colleagues, take me to a hospital. But there are some limitations. And now we're seeing this, you know, in especially say certain communities where they're the ones that are say, getting sick from the virus rather than the ones who aren't. And it then comes down to, the, you talked about the idea of adaptability. If they don't have the adaptability, why not? Why, what's missing in that? Whether it's their mindset, whether it's nutrition, whether it's not having you know, a healthy nerve system, whatever it is, that's something that we need to really address. I think now is the perfect time to help with that paradigm shift. It's hard to change ideas, but it's different when the doors are open. So it's a perfect time for everything. I agree. I agree. And that's why I said to you, we started the interview by saying, I felt a little bit sorry for myself the first three weeks of the lockdown. And then I kind of had a serious chat with myself when I said, look, this is the perfect opportunity to show people by giving them an example and by being a leader, what health truly means. It's a shame that we have to use these really sad times as an example or times like when I lost my health, but this is the whole point. My one message for today, and I keep saying it is don't wait until it's too late. The number one investment people should be making is, is their health and their well-being. Absolutely. So say in an ideal world, what kind of changes would you like to see in healthcare systems, whether it's in the UK or in other parts of the world as well? So I, I, it's a tough question because what I would like to see is probably not being tested. So I don't know if it's a successful strategy, but I would love to see a wellness system working better with a sickness system. So I would love to have a prevention program for people that people can afford to and people can have access to alongside our NHS. Again, I'm not 100% aware of how this works in Singapore, but this will then at least try to trigger people's mindset about preventative care versus emergency and crisis care. This is the number one thing I would love, love, love to see in the world is people taking anything that they can in terms of improving their sleep, doing anything they can in terms of improving their nutrition to, to make their body more optimal, understanding how to exercise, understanding how to have a health, healthy mindset before it comes to the point where they have to see the doctor. I don't know what country it is where doctors actually get paid more if they see clients less because that usually means that client is healthier versus the opposite. And for sure, uh, that's, that's again, the way the system should be, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, incentivizing health. Like I would... I, I, Again, I would love not to go to doctors. That's surely the ultimate health goal. Uh, but doctors are amazing at what they do. I just want to see a better integration between prevention and wellness versus um, sickness care. Massively. There's, there's actually a good uh, book I started recently. It's talking again about that idea of adaptability. Um, uh, it's, it's called the, well, the adaptability textbook. But one of the things they talk about is the testing that they used to do for the Russian cosmonauts. 
So before they would then go out into space, they would do these tests on them to see if they're healthy or not. So it's not blood tests to see necessarily, you know, do they have a disease, but it's literally to see how adaptable and functional the body is. I mean, if we can integrate that somehow into healthcare systems, life becomes much, much easier for everybody. For sure, yeah, yeah. And listen, it's going to happen. You just need, you just need 100 world leaders to believe that. You need 100 massive influencers to start talking about this. Uh, it's actually starting to happen in the UK. We're following a little bit more of a functional medicine approach now. And that's all about, as you know, functional medicine is all about looking at the root cause of the problem and using a system to get your body more adapted to dealing with rubbish from the outside environment, as opposed to, again, being reactive and isolating different systems from each other. Because whoever created us, whatever created us, was much more intelligent than us. There is some... Uh, there is some theories about uh, mitochondria and how they're such an old, old ancient bacteria that learn how to survive with oxygen. And over millions and billions of years, evolution has made us how we are. So let's not try and fight evolution. Let's not try and fight mother nature. She will always win. So all we have to try is to kind of uh, work with your natural health and how that works. And I think that's why chiropractic is such a good profession for that. Absolutely. It's just remove the interference and get out of the way. There's no person who's ever had a deficiency in paracetamol. That's just not a thing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that saying. Okay. And given the current lockdown, what are some tips or some advice that you would give people who are staying at home, either for mental, physical, nutritional, anything that you think they should be able to do? Sure, sure, sure. So the number one thing I would say to you is to be kind to each other because I know that people completely lose their sanity when their, their routine is out of the window and you're not having to wake up for a specific purpose. But use some of the health hacks we talked about today to try and create routine in your life. Um, so be kind to each other. Number two is move. You've got to move. You've got to move because movement is one of the best ways to make your body more resilient and to boost your immune system. And that's just about the only thing you can do at the minute is to, to kind of make your body more resilient. Um, always be mindful of what you eat. And lastly, but probably, um, probably the most important is don't worry too much. Just take the time to reflect and make the most of it. Because before you know it, in six months, in a year time, however long it takes for us to go back to normality, these are the times that you can look back and say, wow, I really was really happy during those months of lockdown. I was really built my relationship with my partner. I took the quality time to spend with, uh, uh, with myself to reflect because once to go back to normality, you know what it's like, wake up, drive, go to work, sit down, emails, projects, get back, sleep, eat, repeat. So now it's an amazing time to create the lifestyle that you want to create through reflection and hopefully um, looking at this as a positive thing for sure. And before we go today, getting a little bit more personal, if you could talk to yourself five years ago, what kind of advice would you give to yourself? Oh, goodness. Wow. This is why I said I probably should have prepared better for this interview, but I love the uh, being spontaneous. Listen, five years ago, so much has changed and so much has happened. This is what I've told my younger self. I would have told myself, stop rushing. Don't worry. Tomorrow will be here regardless of what you do today 
um, I think if you slow down, life becomes so much more meaningful and things that happen during the day become so much more meaningful to you. What I mean by that is I used to literally work, 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 work without having any time to think about what I was doing or why I was doing it. And then I bought myself a diary. I have many of these diaries and because things got so bad for me, I actually started to, to write a daily diary. And one of the things I do is over in, in the diary, I write down three th things that I was grateful for the, for that day. And that really changed my perspective of time and quality time. Um, so that's what I would have said to myself five years ago. Stop rushing. Don't worry. Things will be okay. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Stefan. Thank you for everybody who's watching live or who will be watching on the replay. I'll make sure that the information for the uh, upcoming seminar is going to be put into the comments. So if you want to join into that, please do. I'll be there myself as well. So we can try and get some more information about the Better Brain whole system. If anyone has any questions, of course, you can also leave them in the comments or you can send us a message or you can even WhatsApp me on 8438-9550 and I'll be happy to get back to you. Thanks again for joining me, Stefan. Thanks, buddy. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, how was this episode? This is Stefan again from Better Brain. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it helpful. Listen, I'm here to give you some practical advice and I want to give you the information needed, but also I want to inspire you to take action because taking massive action is actually what makes difference to your success, to your health, to your wellness, to your wealth and to your well-being. Does that make sense? So yes, it's really important to listen to the podcast and to listen to the information, but actually it's more important to put things into practice. And that's why I've created an amazing practical tool for you that is going to save you tons of time and energy and effort into research in terms of what is the best nutrition out there. I called it the last diet you ever need. You have to excuse the cheesy name and the hook, but I just hope that it grabs people's attention. It's free for you to download. I will include it in the show notes and I hope you find it helpful and I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll see you in the next episode. And remember, you're one health hack away from achieving your optimum health.